It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Facebook technology-wise has recovered from the configuration change that caused the biggest outage ever. But the social media giant is still reeling when it comes to its reputation. The Central Bank of Nigeria is set to soon launch Enaria, a state-backed digital currency making the country one of the first to adopt digitization of its currency. A jury orders Tesla to pay a former contractor $137 million because of rampant workplace racism. Full-time Tesla employees are suffering as well. They just can't sue. And Terrence convinces Stephanie to keep watching and Rob to start watching Squid Games on Netflix. We've got all this and so much more in Episode 5 of The Tech John. From Columbus, Ohio, I'm your host, Rob Dunwood. And it's your girl, Tech Life Steph, a.k.a. Stephanie Humphrey out of Philadelphia. Yo, this is Terrence Gaines, a.k.a. Brother Tech, coming out of the suburbs of Atlanta. So, y'all, before we get too far into the show, I want to let everybody listening know that we're on Patreon over at patreon.com forward slash the tech zone. And we have a few tiers over there that you can support us with if you choose to do so. Even though we are a podcast, we are recording video of each episode. And if you'd like to get access to the live taping of the show, as well as some other cool benefits, consider becoming a patron over at patreon.com forward slash the tech john. That is the tech J-A-W-N. Now, I do that public service announcement because I had three people actually in the last week say hey you guys have a patreon or anything like that and it's like (laughs) yeah we we actually do but we bury it at the end of the show so i said let me go ahead and tell the people that we actually uh can be supported at the beginning of the show just to make it a little bit easier on you so with all that how y'all been doing been doing all right, man. Can't complain. Uh, it's getting a little colder outside. Uh, you know, I to- end up wearing out my honey. <laughs> <laughs> Got some new swag this week. So, <laughs> yeah, hoodie season in effect. Yeah. So, uh, with the family, uh, got outside. Still got ate up by mosquitoes. I'm waiting <laughs> on the time for the mosquitoes to go away because we was outside um, doing Halloween decorations, I assume. Mosquitoes are gone. Didn't put on no bug spray. Went outside to hang the lights and do the decorations. Got lit up. So you just said Halloween decorations. Have y'all started walking through stores yet and see all the Christmas stuff that's up? I haven't seen any Christmas stuff, but people, I don't know if, if people are sort of celebrating kind of the end of COVID per se, but Halloween decorations have been on a thousand, like (laughs) in my neighborhoods, you know, this year, it it seems like this year in particular. And I don't know if they just came out with, with new decorations, but like them, them 15 foot Mm -hmm. skeletons and Mm -hmm. and inflatable jaws. And like, it's like, like Halloween's on, on a thousand this year. Yeah. I, like I said, I just we actually have somebody happy. in the neighborhood yeah, with one of those big inflatables just doing like this of a skeleton mm-hmm. and you can't see my arms on, on, you know, with this, with this crop, but well, I won't say the name of this store, but I was walking through a store and one half of the store is Halloween, but a full half of the store it's like Christmas stuff. And it's like, really? We're, I mean, it's, it's like, it's that time of the year. It's the most wonderful. Time of the year. <laughs> it's like, I, I know it's October, but I live literally is, you know, I'm in Ohio. It's still like in the eighties here. And it, I mean, it, and it wasn't just decorations. They had the full blown Christmas music going. Like now it wasn't the, the music coming over the music. It was actually, I think like a Christmas tree or something like that actually had music playing out of the tree. But I'm like, seriously, we haven't even got past Halloween yet. And there's Christmas decorations up. <laughs> 
But maybe uh, they're trying to get on, uh, get a jump on that uh, supply chain yeah, uh, scarcity issue. That's so it's true. like, let, let's go ahead and get this stuff out of here and get this money. Well, that's the thing. And it's like there are Black Friday sales happening all everywhere, left, right and sideways. So um, that's one little, you know, quick tech tip for for the folks listening, like start buying your stuff now. If you haven't already, um, start shopping because it's going to be super, super hard to get anything closer to the actual holiday. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. That's that's probably a great point and the point that mm-hmm. they're just trying to get in front of it because they know how hard it's going to be to order stuff and, and, and get yep. stuff in. So, um, so let's go ahead and get to a little bit of tech. Now, we started last week's show with the Facebook outage. That That is you know, what consumed the majority of our show talking about Facebook. And can you believe it that they had another outage? Not as big as the one they had uh, on October 4th, which is last Monday, a week ago today. But they had another outage on Friday last week. It's like, what, what is going on with Facebook? Now, this one, this is one that probably wouldn't even get mentioned. It wasn't huge. It was only, I don't think it was, I think maybe close to a couple of hours and it just affected a couple of things. But it's like, yeah, they, they have some issues uh, going on over there. But since we did spend so much time talking about uh, Facebook, they did put out an explanation. So I kind of want to just let everybody know what was going on uh, with Facebook. So if but you have not heard this, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, we'll let, we'll let you speculate in a second, but, uh, Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp messenger, and even Facebook's internal systems were down for about six hours last Monday, October 4th. We actually recorded our show while we were in the midst of this outage. So, uh, Facebook stated on the, um, official engineering.fb.com blog that, and I'm just going to read this quote here. Our engineering teams have learned that configuration changes on the backbone routers that coordinate network traffic between our data centers caused issues that interrupted communication. This disruption to network traffic has cascaded or had a cascading effect on the way our data centers communicate, bringing our services to a halt and to a halt. They did come. Um, it was, uh, it and was the thing about that too, was that the, the fail safe that was supposed to protect against that also did not work, which is why I'm kind of like, mm, cause you know, you got data centers all around the world, cables underground, underwater, under the sea, everywhere, like the redundancy that's built into those type of systems. So that something like this doesn't happen. This type of catastrophic failure doesn't happen is a lot. And, and, and then the, 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 the thing that's supposed to catch it, you know, it just, it, I don't know. I just think this is still, I still just think this is a convenient excuse. So, so, let, so let me give you a new speculation that my homegirl, Nika Monfer, she's a co-host of our other podcast. Uh, she brought up a new conspiracy theory that I like <laughs> the most out of all the ones I've heard. So she said, the reason why Facebook had this big outage and maybe subsequently this uh, smaller outage later in the week was because they were trying to not necessarily cover their tracks, but plug any sort of holes that they had in their own security that allowed this whistleblower to get this data out of Facebook. Right. Like I said, she had 20 some thousand documents right. i'm pretty sure she didn't print those on the the printer where she was at and escorted those out in a briefcase she didn't I, I i want to believe that she did some you know movie type some sort of know, hacking yeah yeah, yeah. Stick thumb drives yeah <laughs> stick thumb drive in the computer download right, the stuff right. before the guy walked in and covered it up and you know swallowed it just to get it out of Facebook, right? <laughs> but but uh, she said, uh, Nika said that the reason, again, the reason why they uh, went this big outage is because they used that as cover to figure out, all right, how does she get this data out? What security patches we need to block? Make sure we put extra layer of community to figure mm-hmm. out that make sure it won't happen again. And also maybe put some trackers or some low jack on some people's computer that they may have well, helped that's why their whole campus was out, you know, mm-hmm. like in addition uh-huh. to the outage we all experienced, mm-hmm. you know, just as users of the platform, the building was, was on lockdown to where, you know, people had to get escorted. Engineers had to get escorted into areas so that they could fix it because, you know, badges and key cards wasn't working. That's I, that might be the one I go with. Like I have my own little conspiracy theories last week, but that sounds very, very plausible. Very, very plausible. So you would have to take the entire system down. 
So, mm-hmm. so um, let me just say, you know, this is what Facebook is saying happened. Now, there, there are there are numerous postmortem articles out uh, all over the internet that you can find if you want to get into the ones and the zeros of what happened. But long story short, someone made a configuration change. That configuration change disabled the internet from contacting Facebook data centers and and disabled Facebook's data centers from contacting each other. So it there wasn't a nuclear bomb that went off somewhere. There there wasn't like you know a truck you know or train you know derailed and ran into uh, their primary data center. This was, I guess I can say, user error. Or, you know, know, someone did something, um, you know, and they're saying that there was nothing nefarious and and all those kind of things. But I I think Nika hit, I think Nika hit it. I think Nika solved it. I'm just reporting what what Facebook said. So that makes a lot of sense. I will say Mm -hmm. this, though, about the Internet and why it was designed and how it was designed. It was designed for exactly this type of thing to not ever happen. Now, it has happened many, 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 many times. Um, this particular outage just happens to be the largest that we've ever seen. What is it? Downdetector.com. If, if, mm-hmm. if, if you are wondering if Netflix is not working, if you're wondering if Facebook is down, if you're wondering if, you know, pretty much any major service is down, down, downdetector.com yeah, down is where you want to go. Yeah. They say that this is the largest outage they've ever tracked. Um, this is not a new company has only been doing this for 18 months. They've been around for quite some time. This is what I'm saying. And it's like so, to, to be human error on your part. Like if somebody hacks you and, and messes up your DNS server and, and all the rest of that, that's different. But to make this type of rookie mistake, basically, which is what it was, it, it, it just don't make no sense to me. It don't make no sense it, to me. It, yeah, I, I, I will I will take your point that it does not feel right. But this is what they're saying. Now, what was the impact of this? So this was interesting. I saw that MarketWatch.com did a little bit of quick analysis, and they estimated based off of Facebook's 2020 numbers that the company lost an average of $163,565 per minute, or roughly just north of $60 million dollars based on the more than six hours of downtime that the company had. $60 million in six hours. So pretty much nothing. Um, <laughs> on, a, on, a, on a trillion dollar valuation, that's changed. I thought you it was going to be more than that. Now, the market share of Facebook dipped tremendously. It's come back already fully in some. But um, I believe Mark Zuckerberg lost uh like 5.9 billion dollars and i'm you know i'm crying some crocodile tears yeah he's still the sixth richest person on the planet but yeah he he lost uh during that you know during that day now it didn't just start with the outage because the outage didn't start until around lunchtime facebook was already you know uh going down because of all the whistleblower stuff that we you know we didn't even talk a lot about that today simply because the facebook outage was so massive but they did have that big whistleblower uh, you know, uh, you know, leak, I believe her name was Frances Haugen, uh, came out. She was on 60 Minutes and she was, uh, in Congress on, uh, Tuesday. Facebook didn't look good. So, and they're, they're not looking like good on this stuff. Numbers are cute and, and they make for good conversation. But, you know, I still believe that the, the real loss to all of the businesses and, and everybody else that rely on these services has not been calculated and can't be calculated and has not been talked about enough. Like I listened to NPR last week and they had a couple folks from, from calling in from Africa and, um, and I think South America talking about how not having WhatsApp had affected their businesses just for that time frame. But, but that just wasn't a conversation we were having enough last week, I think. And, and I think the, the idea of, of breaking Facebook up as a solution kind of got pushed to the wayside. Um, um, because everybody was was all up in arms about the teens feeling bad about themselves. And, and that's important as well. But you got whole economies built on the backbone of this of this one singular platform. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, something needs to happen so that they don't suffer catastrophic failure. Facebook did not suffer a catastrophic failure last week. They did not. Even with $164,000 a minute or whatever, they'll be all right. You know what I mean? But these small business owners in these in these developing countries, you know, may not be able to recover from from six hours being off platform. So and that, piggyback- that needs to be the conversation. Yeah. And to piggyback off what you, what you said, uh, Stephanie, you know, we think it's cute 
use WhatsApp to uh, join these group chats, right? right? These companies, these countries, these people, like you said, in South America and Africa, like south of the equator, you know, they use WhatsApp for everything. everything. Messaging, they use it as a payment platform. Mm-hmm. A lot of them use it as email messaging and text messaging to stay in contact with their customers. They use it to get rides. They use it for, I mean, all kinds of things. And, you know, like I said, we may just be using it to chat back and forth and join group chats, you know, but they use it for everything. You know, it's, it, it's, their it's their lifeline. lifeline. It, and like for them to be down, like say, it can't, I don't think I'll ever be quantified. Well, Facebook will make their money back because capitalism. <laughs> Facebook has already made their money back. You know what I mean? Like they, they did not suffer at all. Like, mm. like I don't care what those numbers just say. Not financial. That's, that's a drop in the bucket compared to, you know, their overall valuation and, and Mark Zuckerberg's personal fortune. Um, so, yeah, like we still we need to be having these ongoing conversations about how we can support these businesses. I was I can still remember when, when WhatsApp sold out. I was so disappointed because that CEO mm-hmm. was adamant about the fact that he was not for sale. There was not a number you could, you could, you know, say that would make him sell. And I guess 19 billion was the number. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know what? I, I'm not even mad at him. <laughs> he he really didn't want to sell, but it's like, you can't turn down $19 I mean, billion. Turn dollars. Down $20 billion. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, I, you like, can. I ain't saying you, I wouldn't. But I'm but just no, saying. And, and, he, and nobody's ex- expecting him to say no, but don't be like, like never say never, 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 right. and it never right. comes. Be like, ah, oh, yeah, now you know. It's, it, <laughs> keep it, keep it a buck, keep it a buck, mm-hmm. and and say what most of these startups do is they start a company to get that exit or the exit, and, yeah. and and don't front and say, oh, we care about our users, <laughs> and you know we're gonna main be, still be this small company that continues to break things and continues to disrupt the market. No, you yeah. did a startup. You got all of these millions and millions of dollars from these investors and they want to get their money back. That's so right. you trying to go, you trying to either get bought or go public so you can do the exit. That's yeah. right. That's right. Good. And so, yeah, so we need to, you know, and, and, and this just creates an opportunity for that next disruptor to, to come with the next platform. But then, you know, that gets gobbled up to, it's just, it's the nature of capitalism, unfortunately. And, um, but, but something needs to be talked about around, um, Facebook having this monopoly because right. that's definitely what they got. And you may be onto something, some, something easy. We talk about regulation, you know, they can't regulate free speech. You know, the government has tried, Facebook has been elusive, but maybe they could tighten up these monopolies, these antitrust and force Facebook to break up. Maybe they are just Facebook. Somebody else takes over Instagram. Somebody else takes over WhatsApp. Somebody else takes over Oculus. <laughs> and going forward, they, you know, when any other company wants to come and merge, they may be a little bit tighter, you know. Yeah. Facebook, yeah. as well as Google and Amazon and Apple mm-hmm. and all these other mm-hmm. big giant companies, they will fight with Facebook to make sure that that doesn't happen. I'm not saying Absolutely. it is not that, you know, there, there could definitely be some and regulation right coming. Now. There's a lobbyist but, in um, DC right now, you know, trying right. to make sure that doesn't happen. Yeah, but, they, they but, do not want these things to happen. But uh, just before we wrap up the, uh, the Facebook talk, Terrence, you had a, uh, a, uh, just a, a little article that you clipped in here about the yeah. Facebook new features urging teens to take a break from harmful content. I'm just like, yeah, uh, um, uh, maybe a little too, little too, too little too late. Uh, <laughs> but maybe in the wake of this whole, you know, um, uh, a whistleblower thing in the wake of all of this outage, you know, um, the Facebook's company, uh, company service vice president of global affairs. His name is Nick Clegg. Uh, stated that Facebook will be rolling out three new measures to help improve the experience, to, to help improve the experience vulnerable teens have on Instagram. The company will also allow adults to supervise what their teens are doing if they choose to do so and nudge users who are looking at a lot of harmful content over different and over different content and prompt teens to air quotes, take a break from right. Instagram. So basically what they're saying is they're going to give parents a little bit more control and they're going to put in some automatic um, notifications, I would guess, to where if users are looking at the same type of content that has been flagged as you know negative or hurtful or harmful, they're going to say, hey, maybe you should ease up on watching this. They're not going to block them. They're not going to restrict them. They're just going to say, hey, you, uh, we love you. 
Um, can you not I'm, watch that right now? <laughs> I'm laughing because for a couple reasons. Number one, that's going to cause them to do a better job at flagging their own content, right. which they can do and which they don't do right now. So they're actually going to have to step up and, and do a better job of that. But, you know, I, I think about TikTok um, and how addicted I am to it <laughs> and the fact that they already do something very similar for screen time. Mm-hmm. You'll be scrolling, you know, your continuous feed and every now and again, someone from TikTok's account will pop up and say, hey, you've been scrolling for a while, you know, maybe put the, and I never do it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I literally <laughs> see that thing come up and I'm like, get off my page. Like, don't tell me what to do. So it's just like the idea that, you know, the company and 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 I get what they say when they're like, you you can't control human nature. At the end mm-hmm. of the day, people going to do what they going to do. Because mm-hmm. I, I literally never get off the platform when I see that little um, TikTok come up. And and I, I, I imagine this will be something similar. Um, um, to that, to like an in-feed, you know, video reminder mm-hmm. uh, or real reminder that, you know, you 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 look into some some harmful stuff. But people are people at the end of the day. True. They are. They, they are. And uh, I, I will just point out the difference between what Facebook is trying to do, you know, a, a dollar short and a day late <laughs> as compared to what China has done. <laughs> it is like. China's like, uh, yeah, you only get three hours on right. Thursday through Sunday. <laughs> well, Any questions? The, Didn't um, think so. <laughs> the video I posted, uh, I was talking about, I have a, an online course for parents to kind of help them through this process. And I put another little promo video together and they just had some hearings recently where Senator Dan, and I forget his last name right now, it's escaping me. He asked that question to the Facebook executive that that they were, that was testifying Hey, China's doing this. Is this something we should do? So the government, it's already on the government's radar. They're they're already thinking about like, do we need to be this drastic? I mean, most of the comments that I've gotten um, on my Facebook page where I put that video have said no. You know, the government shouldn't be telling me how to raise my kids. But at the end of the day, you know, that might be the only option we have. That. <sighs> I, I, I don't like it. Listen, uh, I ain't got no kids and I don't like it. That, that, that is, know, that's, it, that's a hard this one. This is all so very harmful to our young people the same way you, you can't drink before you're 21 and you can't drive you a car before this, and you can't, you know, you, you know, there, we already have all these protections in place for minors in this country. This would just be another one of those things. You know what I mean? I don't know. It yeah. kind of feels the same as, you know, no cigarettes before yada yada yada. Not, yeah, when you, when you when you look at it that way, because you are actually talking about harm to these adolescents. Absolutely. So the government, you know, there's a reason why you can't smoke until you're grown. There's a reason why you can't drink until not you're grown, but until you're 21. You get a like, work permit till you turn 16 because right. of child labor laws. You know it, what I'm saying? So this this kind of flows right into that. Right. So, I, I, getting back real quick, uh, Stephanie, you said you are uh, on TikTok like that. Now, are you just a scroller or are you the people doing the TikToks and pointing out the words? Oh, God, no. (laughs) No, no. I I have, I I probably only have about five or six, maybe seven videos total. Mm -hmm. And it's other content that I had already produced for other platforms that I tried to sort of make look TikTok-esque. But the idea that I'm going to actually be bump, you may see me doing some of the specific dance challenge because there's like this one old school dance challenge that i really want to do because it's all the dances from my era basically and i know i would crush that um so you might see me dancing at some point but just that whole there's there's definitely a very specific type of content um that tiktok does and 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 that that ain't me that ain't okay me. all right i will hold you to that <laughs> i will <laughs> never <laughs> famous last words you will never see me so i have to ask a question of you two are, are you guys big fans of uh of own not 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 own but oan one, one american uh, news that's a negatory good big, buddy big, that would be uh, not a big fan yeah. <laughs> No. Well, it looks like AT&T might be. 
So uh, AT&T is reportedly one American News' primary financial backer. And when we say primary, 90% of the money that goes into that organization is coming from AT&T. So let me just read this here. Uh, While multiple TV providers carry the channel, an OAN accountant testified in 2020 that 90% of OAN parent herring network's revenue, tens of millions of dollars came through deals with AT&T owned platforms that included direct TV. Um, this came out and immediately the black congressional caucus, uh, you know, caucus, they were not happy about it. So they've actually come out with a, a statement that says AT&T support of own is a direct opposition to its claims of embracing and valuing diversity, equity, and inclusion. CBC chairwoman, Joyce Beatty, a democratic representative from Ohio said in a statement, we find the allegations appalling and call on AT&T to respond Immediately, they basically want AT and T to tell them something right fast, and uh, it's yeah, not a good look. Is 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 not a good look. Now AT and T has come out and basically said, and you have to you have to read the words, you have to read their statement. They had they're saying, and I'm paraphrasing, that they don't have any, um, you know, they're not funding any financial stakes in the company, in the company's, uh, you know, whether or not they're actually doing well or doing good. They're just donating money to them. And it's like, yeah, but like 90% of the money that they get is yeah, coming from AT&T. Statement, their statement was real weak. Yeah. And it sounded like they were trying to pass the buck off to DirecTV mm-hmm. as some sort of separate entity from AT&T, which is not. Um, and like, well, that's, we don't get involved with DirecTV's decisions and, and, and whatever. I'm like. But you did. It, it was yeah, just it August. Was it just spun them out. It's like you did do this stuff. So I wouldn't have a problem with it. I wouldn't have a problem with it if 80% also went to Cheddar and 79% also went to Revolt and all these other numbers to where it equaled up to where I saw some of the responses, you know, AT&T, we value diversity and we were not being one side, but right. But okay, if you're going to give all of this airtime, all of this advertising money, all the all the things that you're giving it to uh, OAN, uh, y'all should be doing it to all the other ones, yeah. like all the other companies out there, because right. let's not keep let's keep it 100. You know, you got all kind of com- companies that give to the Democratic Party and the Republican Party The they'll give to, you know, whomever on right. both sides to either stay neutral or to make sure they're in whomever, whoever's winning. Already they make sure they're in that. <laughs> right. Right. But to put 90 percent into one network and be the lifeline of one particular network. I mean, yeah, you got to answer for that. It no. is. It's shady. And and Roland Martin actually um, has been very vocal about this because he started his own uh, sort of black star network mm-hmm. channel streaming um, solution for, for black news and, and stuff like that. Um, full disclosure, Roland's a friend of mine. Um, and But he calls these companies like AT&T out on a regular basis mm-hmm. for not being fair and equitable in how they are spending their advertising dollars. So, so yeah, you know, I agree with you. Like, you want to spend this money here? Yeah, all right. Then throw some money around some other places as well. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you can't just be single threatened. Yeah, you, you mentioned Roland. I actually watched his show earlier where he was talking about this. And he flat out said, it's like, okay, you know, AT&T, you know, the question was asked of him, well, what can be done about this? It's like, you know, put pressure on AT&T that if you're going to give them this kind of money, you know, give other brands. And then he just, it's like, do you realize what would happen with my network if I was to get that kind of deal? It's like, I could go out and hire 100 additional people overnight and still have like, you know, half my money in the bank, uh, you know, over $8 million in the bank. So it was... You know, it's, it's, it's really telling. It's like, you know, you're doing it for this. And here's one other part that, uh, I don't, I don't think it's getting glossed over because I've read it in a couple different places, but the, the CEO of this company of, of, you know, of the parent company of own is saying that AT&T told him, you really need to create a network for conservative what? voices. He was like, okay, cool bet. And then he gets 90% of his funding from AT&T. Coincidence? That's a, that's a bad look, AT and T. That's a bad look. Yeah, now, yeah. I'm yeah, not going to say that AT and T is any worse or any better than any other company, um, you know, out there. I try not to espouse, uh, you know, traits on the companies. I think they're going to make as much money for their shareholders 
that they possibly can. I, you know, I just believe that of most companies. Some aren't that way clearly, but I believe that of most uh, publicly traded companies, that's what they do. But it's like, come on, AT and T. It's like but when you when you're putting statements out saying that you don't do this kind of stuff, you can't actually that's do the right. stuff that you're saying you're not doing. And we got to call it out every time we see it, like every single time. And it's like, you know, you know, Fox is one thing, not my favorite news channel, but it's still kind of a news channel. One, you know, OAN, I mean, they got taken down off of YouTube. You you know how hard it is. You got to be the former president or own, or what's the dude that was going against the, uh, the, uh, the school shooting in New York. I can't remember his name. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I can't. You know what I'm talking about? I know, yeah, I know you're talking about. It's like, the, you, uh, you got to be Sandy that. Hook, the, the guy that just got sued, actually. Got sued. Um, um, for Sandy Hook uh, trying to say it was a conspiracy. Ah, uh, what is his uh, name? Alex right? Jones. Alex yes, Jones. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. But you, mm-hmm. you have to be that type to be taken down <laughs> off of YouTube. Um, you know. Totally egregious. It's like. You know, come on now, AT and T. This is who you're supporting when when you look. And they at know what they're the doing. misinformation that's, that's that this about it. You know, and like I said, I, like I said, you know, a lot of times, you know, myself, I would want to just lump own and Fox and you know some of these other super conservative, uh, you know, right wing, you know, um, networks uh, together. But you can't own it something different. It is it is something different than well, even to your point. Then yeah. you can't say that this is not necessarily not malicious you know right. you, you're giving all this benefit of the doubt to this publicly traded company but they know yeah. that own is 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 egregious you know what i'm saying they don't they don't not know that they are getting banned and 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 taken down and all the rest of this stuff so so there's some there's a lot of intentionality <clears throat> excuse me in the um the decision to support them at this level you know, right because it's 90 percent. like right on. and it's equally as progressive uh channels the young turks you know some of these other channels that yeah. are just as just as you know angry quote unquote as you know some of these people on oan so it's like why are you gonna be bold-faced about it 90 percent? can't you just spread that out to make it look like all right hey right like, you know, we're going to give it to everybody else. It's like, nah, this is what we're trying to do. <laughs> yeah, we just, right. we, we just right. going to go we're here. We're just pushing this agenda. Like, you've, mm-hmm. you've made a statement about the type of agenda you are supporting by supporting this company so heavily. And no, to the exclusion of everybody else. So, as I am researching this particular article, and I know you guys tell me, Rob, you cannot go into the, into the comments. But this is research. This is research for the show. Sure. You, you, you got to know what folks are saying. And it's like, this, this is the comment that I've answered this over the years, almost exactly the same way. And it's kind of like the person that is probably a fan, but just doesn't want to seem like they are. They'll just say something. It's like, well, don't you just get tired of talking about this kind of stuff all the time? And it's like, you know, is, isn't that, uh, isn't that, uh, you know, infuriating is not the word, you know, you know, isn't that, uh, exhausting. exhausting. That's the word I'm looking for. Isn't it exhausting to just talk about this all the time? You know, you're just talking about racism all the time. And I'm like, yeah, but you know, what's worse actually being a subject of the racism all the time. I think that's a little bit worse in my book. That'd be my, that's my response. Well, what are you going to do about it? Right. <laughs> fix racism and we'll stop talking about racism. All the time, we wouldn't have to talk about it's it like, all what, the time. What like, privilege yeah, you have to be tired of hearing me talk about fuck. how I'm being affected adversely. So, mm-hmm. but yeah. I love to shut up about it. But honestly. it's like, like I said, I don't Rain expect any company to, to do, uh, you know, to do anything but what's, you know, for the bottom line. But come on, AT&T, 90%. For own ninety percent, bottom line at all. So. You know what I mean. I can't imagine the, the amount of people that that watch that network, and and you know, I'm sure it's more than we think, but it ain't contributing to shareholder value like that. I, I would I would defy anybody to show me some numbers that say, look how much this is returning our investment. No. No, like I said, like like you said, that 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 CEO spoke to this guy and was like, "Look, we need more conservative voices. I'm gonna throw you a bag of money, and and you can go ahead and set that up, and we gonna hook this up." So we need to be looking at that person, whoever, because I noticed that person wasn't necessarily named in in the article. Uh, whoever that that executive was, maybe I missed it, but but that person in particular needs to be looked at, and and then you know kind of see how that flows down the line because this this wasn't by accident. No, it's not, and it's enough for me when you hear the accountant for own in court. <laughs> like, Damn, 
<laughs> is actually testifying the year um, 90% comes from AT&T. Wow. 90%. 90%. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. So we talked about Nigeria and Twitter. Was that last week's show? Two weeks ago? Mm-hmm. No, no, we recently talked about it. But uh, Nigeria is, they also different stuff with, with this cryptocurrency. So, Terrence, wow. why don't you tell us a little bit about what's going on with uh, uh, the Nigerian Central Bank and what they are about to launch? Well, they're trying to uh, launch their own digital currency. Uh, it's called the E-Naira. And excuse me if I messed that uh, name up. Um, it, the And the quote says, uh, it'll make Nigeria one of the first countries in Africa and indeed the globe to adopt the digitization of its national currency, which on its face, you know, that's where everything is going. Everything. But going is, didn't, didn't El Salvador or somebody just do that? So El Salvador actually uh, standardized on Bitcoin. Okay. Um, so they're they're, they're accepting Bitcoin is is currency, right. and you know, one one of the problems that they're having is that even though they're using that one, you know, Bitcoin is very very volatile. It's like you, know, you you picked one is super volatile, and then the app that they're using. <laughs> it's just they're let's just say they're having tech issues they're having it tech issues it, <laughs> right no yeah. exactly they, so again on that rob you say uh inara would operate as a wallet against which customers would hold existing funds in their bank accounts and this would accelerate financial inclusion and enable cheaper and faster remittance inflows again, so basically nigeria just for my own clarification they're creating their own crypto in the in the vein of like dogecoin or you know, something like that. And the central bank of Nigeria is going to back it again, digitization, you know, moving into the future, you know, that all makes sense. If you remember, unless you remember our story last week where we talked about how Nigerian president didn't like how Twitter was treating him. So he banned Twitter in all of Twitter in Nigeria. Uh, This kind of go flies in the face of the opposite of a decentralized um currency if the government is running it right the whole point yeah. of the, uh, the whole point of of cryptocurrency is it's not centralized you know one co- and, one country on the blockchain and right what mm-hmm. one can't country can't define the value of it you know it's free flowing so you can pay anybody and it's the same amount you, you, rob you mentioned it is a uh, volatile but that is the only sort of um um, uh, stream is not the word I'm looking for, but the only type of uh, instance in which how it dictates the value. There's no governments, there's no banks, there's no financiers, right. there's no shadow government, there's no two two or three people uh, controlling all of the worth for this digital currency. But the fact that, again, the fact that it's run by a country using their banks, using their wallet, using their technology, it's kind of the opposite of, you know, free flowing, yeah. decentralized currency. And, you know, like I said, when you take in that story last week, what happens if a president or a government official decides, hey, we don't like this anymore. Let's tie your money up because something's going on, whether it be a revolution, whether it be, you know, that, and then, you know, the, the fees that they're going to be able to charge are going to be outrageous. So it's probably going to put, you know, people that are already struggling, you know, even more in the hole. And you know, at I the don't, mercy I don't, of the government. Right, at the app. Absolutely. You know, I don't know how well 
internet connected Nigeria is right now as a country. I mean, I'm sure there are places, you know, with the cities within the country that that have strong, you know, signals and cell towers. But, you know, you would need to get your entire country connected if you were then going to start requiring them to 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 bank this way, you know what I mean? Because it's going to all be done electronically. So, you know, there, there's a lot of infrastructure, I'm sure, that needs to, to be stood up with this and everything. So it, I don't think they really thought this whole thing through, truthfully. <laughs> so I, 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 I was don't. I was reading this. I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. They're going to try to create, uh, you know, their own crypto. And then I was reminded they kind of clamped down on every on every other crypto. So it's not just that they're going to centralize this because it's going to be through the, you know, their, you know, their bank, you know, or, you know, th- you know, it's basically their fed essentially is where this is going to run through. You mm-hmm. can't do transactions on Bitcoin there. You, you, I mean, you can, but you're not necessarily supposed to. There's ways to get around a lot of things, but they are kind of putting the clamps down on pretty much all other cryptocurrency there. So that's what makes me because like, you know, this is, you know, I always start to think about, okay, well, this is the government doing this. What benefits are they going to get? A lot of folks in Nigeria, and this is not Nigeria, there's not folks in a lot of country. They deal in cash. I hand you $5. You hand me something else for the $5. I hand you 50. You hand me something for the 50. I just gave you, or you might even barter. But when you're now doing this stuff through crypto, the government knows about every transaction that's being made. Um, So when you start talking about the fees, now I am not promoting that people, well, you can use, uh, you know, decentralized stuff to skirt uh, taxes and all that kind of stuff. I'm not a fan of that. You know, I believe, you know, pay your taxes. Um, And they're doing it anyway. So this ain't nothing new. So this this is nothing new, but it's kind of like, but when the government is doing this and they really want this to be the thing. On the flip side of that, I don't know that they even have the infrastructure to 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 try to roll this out um, na- nationwide. You know, there's places they still do rolling blackouts, like so you don't even have a, a, a stable power supply, you know, available to to run the machines that need to generate the crypto. Like, it's, there's a there's a lot more to this than I think they've considered. Right, uh, right. And, and I mean, again, on the flip side, it may spur a lot of innovation. It may spur a lot of technology, a lot of startups to try to solve those exact issues True. that you, you know, expect, you know, that you, you know, you mentioned, but at the same time, I just feel weird. You know, I'm, again, I'm not Nigerian, so I can't speak for Nigerians, but you know, at the same time, the fact that the government and their central bank is controlling all this, right. especially with the previous history, you know, with the, you know, presidents of these countries in a minute, will wake up one morning and say, Hey, we're doing this now, you know, it kind of right. May, you know, while all intent, you know, the road to hell is paved with good intentions, you know, while intended to be something to spur innovation, spur technology to bring Nigerians into the whatever 22nd century, whatever the case may be, you know, with these type of governments, you know, things could change in a heartbeat. That's right. And if people are tied to these things, they can't use Bitcoin. Like you mentioned, Rob, they can't use Ethereum. They can't use all these other ones. They have to use this one thing. So whatever the governor says is whatever they got to do. And I don't know if that's ever worked in the history of, of anything. any government. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. And, and Stephanie, as you mentioned about El Salvador, the, the, the big issue that they're having there is that the technology that they're using is just kind of falling down. That's one issue. Issue two is that I believe less than 15 percent of the population have ever used Bitcoin. So this is just something that is new for a lot of folks. And then issue three is that Bitcoin is ridiculously volatile. Um, it goes up, it goes down. Now, you know, all currency has some volatility built into it. That's why it's currency. Um, you think about the dollar, it goes up, it goes down. But we generally aren't thinking about outside of gas. It's like, you know, if the like I just bought a couch. Uh, literally yesterday, um, the price of the couch was the same price as it was six weeks ago, was the same price as it was three months ago. Uh, it's not fluctuating up. It's not fluctuating down. Now the dollar may have gone up a little bit. The dollar may have gone down a little bit, but still that couch that I bought here in the States cost what it cost. And that, that is, that is the price. But when you start talking about crypto, like I'm thinking about El El Salvador, I would never want to leave my money, um, in Crypto, uh, it, not in Bitcoin, at least, because it's just yeah. so volatile. It's like, you know, I was able, you know, I had five dollars and I was able to afford a gallon of milk. 
yesterday, but today I, you know, the, you know, the equivalent of Bitcoin that I have does not allow me to purchase milk. I rather would just hold on to my legal tender. And maybe the whole point of them getting the central bank into it is for that sole reason to maybe stabilize it, destabilize the value, you know, uh, but at the same time, it's like, you know, that puts them in control, which kind of defeats the purpose of the whole point of cryptocurrency. (laughs) And then when you, again, talk about the government's, this is this government's decision. Mm-hmm. You know, we know how volatile the governments can be mm-hmm. in, 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 in other countries around the world. So what happens when, if this government happens to get overthrown or a new government takes over and they don't want to do this? So it's like, are you going to disrupt this entire economic structure because of, you got a new president? Like it just so many unanswered questions, lots right. of unanswered so questions. So in full yeah, disclosure, questions and answers. Yeah, I am a huge fan of cryptocurrency. I invest in it, not just Bitcoin and, and, and multiple of the others. I am a fan, but I don't know that I want that to be the currency of my government. That's, <laughs> that's just, that's just a step As a little now. bit too far. Yeah. As it stands now, who knows 50 years from now, what it'll be, but yeah. you know, it all depends on the government and yeah. <laughs> the government is not, maybe not be the one person that controls everything. Right. <laughs> so y'all, we're going to get to our main story and this one, as I read it, it's just horrible. So it's horrible when I read through the stuff that people are going through who work for Tesla. So uh, for for those who don't know what I'm talking about, Tesla was ordered to pay $137 million to a former black employee over racist treatment. His name is Owen Diaz, and he worked as an elevator operator at a California Tesla plant for about a year um, in between 25 and 2016. According to Diaz, while he worked there, a supervisor and other colleagues repeatedly called him racial slurs. Diaz added that the Tesla plant was a culture where employees drew swastikas and racist terms in bathroom stalls and left derogatory drawings of black children around the plant. And he just got 137 million for this because like the thing is that this wasn't just his coworkers. It was like his management was doing this stuff to this dude. And this, this has been, this has been in court for, uh, you know, for four years, but they, they just got hammered with 137 million. I'm absolutely positive that, uh, Tesla is going to, uh, you know, appeal this. So what he eventually gets maybe something less than 137. But um, they, you know, the, the court did kind of come down on them hard. I wanted to get your thoughts on, uh, you know, what uh, seems to be going on here at uh, Tesla. Listen, I have never heard anything ever since Tesla was Tesla was a thing. I've never heard anything good coming out of those plants. The the battery plants, the 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 car plants, like across the country, around the world. I have literally never read a good report about the working conditions in a Tesla plant ever. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Please feel free to, you know, DM me an article if, if you know of one, but I've literally never heard of a, of a report about good working conditions in Tesla factories. I mean, it's still a plant. It's still a factory. You, you think of the conditions in general, what it takes to work at a manufacturing plant to where all you're doing as a particular employee doing a particular thing, that's all you're doing all day long. And so you're going to bring the type of people as far as keeping the pay low, as far as the traditional people that work in plants, whether it be a food manufacturing plant, whether it be an auto manufacturing plant, whether it be anything, you know, they're going to, these are still plants. And I think a lot of people assume that Tesla, you know, the end product, you know, they're right. a software company, there's automation, all the, the good things, the good grandiose things as moving technology forward, you know, people, I think they forget that somebody has to put these things together, you know, turn that screwdriver. Right, right. You still have to hire the employees to actually do that until everything goes 100% automated, 100% robotic. There's still people that work in plants that do that. So you have to, I think people have to bring, pull Tesla down off of its pedestal, you know, and like you said, the fact, I don't know if you said it already, but, you know, Tesla, one of the things that they put in, in place was the fact that if any employees had any sort of disputes, whether it be racial, whether it be personal, whether it be financial, whatever the case may be, they forced or encouraged, yeah, forced, I don't want to say encouraged, 
first forced employees to resolve disputes outside of judiciary uh, courts with arbitration, with all these things. And, you know, when it comes down to somebody feeling adversely uh, affected, you know, I don't know how much any arbitration tour is like, hey, come come on, let's let's work this out. You know, when you've got these people button heads like this, you know, uh, Tesla just trying to sweep it under the rug and say, hey, let's just work it out. You know, just speaks of the fact that Tesla, you know, they again, like all these other companies, you know, they focus on the end product and really don't put that lot of effort into what it takes to get there. So, well, that was the one good thing about this particular case, because this gentleman was considered a contractor, right. which is why he could sue. Tesla, because mm-hmm. there was another man, DeWitt Lambert, who had to go into forced arbitration because he was a Tesla employee. And so it kind of was, you know, the double edged sword because Tesla treats their contractors even worse than they treat their employees like horrible. Mm-hmm. And but in this case, it benefited him because he was able to actually take them to court. So, you know, it, it, it's just a bad situation all around it. And, and the idea and it just doesn't it doesn't appear that. Tesla even wants the optics of doing better because because mm-hmm. that's what you usually get is right. just a, is some stuff for optics, a statement and maybe a, a diversity class or some training or whatever. But it just doesn't even appear that Tesla even cares about those optics at this point. Yeah. And it's not just this one guy only. I mean, th- there are upwards of 100 other Tesla employees and contractors who are potentially suing Tesla as well. Um, one of them is named Aaron Craven. And in the sworn statement, he said that he was called the N-word approximately 100 times at his time at the Fremont plant, which is also the one in California, um, and that that plant is is commonly referred to as the plantation and its workers, cotton pickers, because Tesla treats its black employees like slaves. Is like, that's horrible, Tesla. It's like, so wh- what do you have going on? Why is everything all about race? Are you listening? Are you listening, bro? You know what I mean? This is it. It's like they are commonly and jokingly, you know, um, it's not really a joke. There ain't nothing funny about this, but you're referring to the plant as the plantation and you're calling the the black workers cotton pickers. It's ridiculous. Because they're being treated like, like this is this isn't like something that somebody is mad and saying this in a in a in a message group. This is what a dude is saying in front of a judge. You know, this is, or a magistrate. This is, this is actual, you know, this is actual testimony. And, and it broke my heart when the, when Mr. Diaz, um, testified. I, I actually watched, um, or I listened actually, he was on NPR last week and I was listening to him. He and his lawyer, uh, were on NPR and I was listening to the interview and he, and he was talking about the, the breaking point for him was when his son started working. Right at that facility and the manager still came up and was like, you know what? I hate you in work. You know what I mean? Just to, so now you, you, you're, you're, you're emasculating me in front of my child. You know what I mean? Right. Like that, it, that, it, that's levels. There's that's, that's, that's evil on, on, on a whole different level in cruelty on a whole different level. And, and it's, it's just the idea that again, Tesla just does not seem to even care to, to appear to want to address this in any any real measurable way is just it's very very disappointing. Yeah, and it's it's you know you can't say it's just this California facility. No, because no. Buffalo, the same kind of the, thing was happening in Buffalo, Buffalo. You know, yeah. back in 2017, where you had a bunch of contractors there who started to say stuff, and this is this is what Tesla did. They just fired everybody. Uh, they they essentially uh, you know if if you were complaining, you got fired. If you were someone who was being complained about. You got fired. They just let all these folks go. But the thing is, when they when they went back and they looked, and I think the attorney general is now looking into this, uh, you know, in the state of uh, New York, because 80 percent of the people that Tesla's been laying off at this at this plant were African-American or, or I should say people of color, because uh, I think it was African-Americans and Latinos it was like 80 percent. And then you fired everybody who complained. Because they were contractors. And, and, you know, one thing about, you know, being a contractor, it is really easy in almost everywhere to let those folks go. Work in an at will state. I mean, this is good, though, because, I mean, you can't change anybody's heart. You can't make a racist any less racist. But you can hit them in the pocket. Right. And you can force, you know, a company to to address 
a situation and get rid of those people or you can force them back into the closet, if you will, to keep their mouths shut at work and save that stuff for the for the bar at happy hour. Um, but this is what we need to see, you know, more and more, because this is the only thing that people really understand. Mm-hmm. Yep. But uh, we are the ones that talk about race too much, like right. you said. Right. No, you, you, know, you, you, you got to talk about this because I'm just like some, you know, what's going on in Buffalo. And like the problem is that these folks are contractors. And, you know, for, for, let me just for, you know, people who may not know, I'm not talking about all black folks. I'm talking about my particular experience. But sometimes you just let stuff slide because you're not trying to cause oh any my. static. This is a job you're working. Clearly, you need the income. So. You're not trying to mess your job up. So I'm I'm just going to let that slide. I'm not going to respond. I'm not going to jump over this assembly line and put hands on you because I'm not trying to lose my job. So when it gets to the point to where, okay, you know what? I can't do this anymore. I have no choice but to go and, you know, and, and report this. Um, the problem that they're having is that in the case with Owen, my man is reporting, but who's he reporting to? Well, his, his manager is the one who's actually doing this to him. Uh And it's like, you know, it's, we have to talk about these stories. We have to bring them out because nothing changes. If nothing changes, you have to talk about it. You have to bring it back. And one of the Mm -hmm. things that I actually like that is happening now, um, Tesla had an investor meeting last week. And one of the things they voted on was whether or not they want to, um, you know, set up a committee um, by the board to actually look at the effects of this arbitration um, uh, rule that they have. Now, Tesla clearly does not want this and it's non-binding, but the shareholders are saying, Tesla, this is just not a good look. Um, Oh, we going? Oh, we always going to end up paying one hundred thirty-seven million dollars? Right. Talking about shareholder value of of our money. Right. Tesla ain't making no money. Yeah, this is what is money shareholder value right now when you hit them in that pocket, (laughs) which is why it's so important. I would also be curious to see if this helps um, employee efforts to unionize. Uh, because they've been getting shot down like literally every time they've tried to even bring that question up. Um, but this, this could be the, 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 you know, the match that, that lights that, you know, cause back up and, and maybe helps the employees at least. The contractors probably wouldn't benefit from it, but maybe at least helps the, the employees, um, with, with a few more protections. Right. Or at the very least, they threaten union and the Tesla's like, all right, all right, wait, 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 wait. And right. then they come down, they come to the middle. <laughs> on something, you know, right. versus like you said, not doing anything. Yeah. Do and, better Tesla. And it's, it's funny. This is a total side note. Um, you know, I maybe at one point thought I might've wanted a Tesla, a, a model X. Um, my, my sister and, and her husband both have various models. Um, but I saw a TikTok because, you know, TikTok, um, literally yesterday where a girl, um, a woman who is a mechanic was literally taking, taking her phone over all of the horrible build qualities of an actual Tesla. Like, well, here's where it is not, and this is wrong. And this, like, it was awful. It was absolutely awful. And I think probably worse. You know, I mean, I think you get, you know, they say don't buy a car that was made on a Friday or whatever. But but I think this was worse than even, you know, that sort of thing. Um, so this just adds to the reason I probably won't. <laughs> but but people love text Tesla because it is a sexy company mm-hmm. doing a sexy thing. They are creating 100 percent electric vehicles, yep. which most people assume that's the way of the future. Anyway, they just they're getting there first. And they're autonomous, which is, you know, look at, think of all the movies we've seen, iRobot, you know, all these movies. You can watch Netflix in the car and play. (laughs) Right, right. That's, that's, that's sexy. And I think a lot of people have romanticized Twitter, uh, Tesla rather to be this company of the future. Right. When in fact these same not. old things of the past, stick on a pig. dragging them right on into the future, and it's like, all right, well, if you're going to be, if you want to be romanticized and looked at as a company of the future, then things like this particular right. stories, plural, you know, is that something you want to be dealing with? 
Right. Is that companies of the future have the figured future? out their diversity problems. Exactly. And, and and all of that. You know, a company of the future would know how to handle this and mitigate this before it got to $137 million. But yet you can make a car uh pull out of the parking lot and meet me at the curve, but you can't figure <laughs> out diversity. Is that what you're telling me? So I will say this. There are a lot of companies. Uh, you know, the size of Tesla that are actually quite good with this kind of stuff. Uh, Tesla, call them up and ask them some questions. There are, there are consultants, um, after consultant, after consultant that could come in and help you clean this up. And the first thing you've got to do is if you've got a manager who is this, you know, who is, I don't want to even say this racist, who is racist and doing this stuff to an employee, they have got to go. You can't, there's no figuring out how to keep that person there. Um, because if you do, you're just letting everyone else know that, well, it's not necessarily okay, but you can recover from it. Um, I'm not saying that you make an example. You just make an example. (laughs) It's just like, you know, this person shouldn't be there. Make an example. (laughs) So because again, you're not going to change the heart and the, and the mind, but you can modify the behavior with the threat of consequence. You know, that's the only thing that keeps any of us from from the purge. You know what I'm saying? Like laws and and, and consequences to our actions are are what keep us in line, basically. So, like, we need to bring that back. And and that needs to be in full effect and and enforced, you know, en masse at this company and, and, and everywhere else. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, guys, I'm looking at the clock. Um, and we're getting close to that top of the hour. Uh, Stephanie, you had one little pop culture discussion. Now I, I want you to hit real quick because I don't know if we have enough time. I just wanted to know if you guys were watching Squid Games. Yes. Um, but- I watched for, I finally made it through the first episode. Um, I was, I was just, it, it made me sad, really. Um, and, and there have been a lot of articles that have come out about, you know, the whole dystopian nature of it. And, and it, is this a reflection of where we are in society and, and how we feel about things in society? And I, I have to agree with, with most of those think pieces. Um, but it's a beast. It's Netflix's biggest, you know, streaming thing, streaming, uh, content to date. Um, they got a, a agreement with Walmart to put some Squid Game merch in, in Walmart, and um, there's games, video games coming oh up. God, and everything. That, so it's, that, it's it's working. They could have chilled out on that part to put the merchandise in the store because it does to agree. Uh, I plow. I mean, I plowed through Squid Games. I mean, I stayed up <laughs> oh. Friday night <laughs> and watched the entire thing, like five or six in the morning. I'm wide awake watching this because it is a very not dystopian i wouldn't call it dystopian because dystopian to me means in the distant future we're getting to this dystopian future some of the the story some of the messaging is very much now very much now yes very much now you think of you know again capitalism i want to keep pointing at that but you know our uh and again we run out of time but just the way we view money the way we value friendship, the way we value teamwork, the way, the way, you know, things change based on, you know, your own personal thing. You talk, it talks classism. So yep. it's not just a rate. It's not, you know, one particular race or one particular well, it's not, it's there. Everybody's Korean. So it's, it's definitely not a race thing. It's definitely but, a class issue. Right. But even then there are some, you know, with, with like, like you said, with class, you know, there's a lot of things within their own, you know, that, that they highlight, they do a very good job of highlighting. And it also, well, I think what pulls a lot of people in is, you know, you what do what would I do in a situation like this? You know, right. uh, and I, you would really, I let that dude slap me for for ten million dollars? <laughs> 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 so I, I only made it for the first episode, and I don't. You got to keep watching. You got to keep watching. So, I don't know because it, it just really made me sad. Yeah, yeah. I, I have like, not I don't seen know it if yet. I want this kind of energy in my in my psyche. I have not seen it yet, but my both my daughters have watched it, and one of them did like what you did, Terrence. She powered through it. She watched all of it in a in a single sitting. So I may have to go check this out. You got to watch it because you got to watch the whole thing because it brings a lot of questions. And like I said, it pulls you into where it's like, man, if I was faced with a scenario or situation like that, what would I do? Because you're you on the first hand, you're thinking. Nah, I wouldn't do that. Nah, that's stupid. There's no way. But There's no way. Circumstances, but, like stuff but, 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 you know, you can't help it but to put yourself, and I think they do a good job of that. Like I said, I don't know about the 
the the the games and the the merchandise because it kind of is defeats the purpose of the point of the whole right. movie in the first place. And, and it sort of validates <laughs> the whole thing and, right. and, and and normalizes it when it shouldn't be normalized. Right, right. You should have deep discussions, not trying to buy this stuff on Amazon. Okay. <laughs> All right, so I got to add another thing to uh, my list of things to watch because uh, <laughs> I want to have to renew my Paramount subscription because Star Trek, uh, Star Trek Discovery episode, what is it, the fourth season is about to come out. I love that because show. Because we're not overwhelmed by content at all. Yeah, yeah. So, right. <laughs> but y'all, you know, as we always do when we get to the end of the show, uh, I would like to go through and thank all of our new patrons. So we've got a few this week as well. So I want to go ahead and read them off. Let's start with. Uh, John Bacus, T.H., Karen Brown, Theo Rose, M.J. Jenkins, Ben, Patrick Pierre Lewis, Nathan McLean, Bo Hansen, and John Sapala. Those are our new uh, patrons who who have joined us on Patreon. Once again, you can find our Patreon over at patreon.com forward slash the tech John. That is J A W N. And I don't know, I'm going to let you guys uh, tell folks how they can get to you. I'm going to go ahead and close the show out. Sure. You can find uh, Terrence Gaines, also known as the Brother Tech. You can find me everywhere. Uh, when I say everywhere, I just mean on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm your girl, Stephanie Humphrey, a.k.a. Tech Life Steph. And I'm all around the web at Tech Life Steph. And you can check out my website at TillDeathDTweet.com. And I am Rob Dunwood at all things at Rob Dunwood, also RobDunwood.com. So you can check us out there. And with that, my friends, let's go ahead and tell the folks what we always say at the end of the show. Peace. Peace. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.